But I'm glad you're here for our four o'clock service. Those of you who are joining outside underneath the tent, those of you who are streaming with us online, I'm so glad to be with you this Christmas Eve. Uh, and as I was enjoying being led in worship by our worship team, and the love, I love music. I've always loved music. I love different genres of music. Uh, and in the midst of this difficult year of 2020, music and song has been an instrument that the Lord has used to overwhelm my heart uh, at times with his goodness and love in the times of feeling fearful or sad, lonely, confused. Music really is powerful. But here's the thing, I love music, but I have no clue when it comes to the science of music, right? the math of music, notes, chords. Uh, in all honesty, I barely play the guitar, but I kind of play, like I know eight chords on the guitar and my strumming rhythm is mediocre at best. Uh, and, and I realize many of you in our church and many in this city are well studied in the science of music. But regardless uh, of being well studied in the science, no, regardless of knowing the math and knowing the notes and the charts, regardless of being able to play an instrument, when that song comes on, or maybe you have multiple songs, when that song comes on, the music has power to overtake you. It can stop you cold in your tracks and make you just be still and listen. Maybe that song causes you to close your eyes and just kind of sway back and forth. Maybe it causes you to break out into dancing with a big smile on your face, or maybe that song makes you cry. You might not know the science and the math of music, but all of us have experienced the power of music. John chapter one, verses one through 18 is known as the prologue to John's gospel. And it provides the music for the entire gospel of John. This prologue is chock full of amazing truths that are woven like a melody throughout the whole gospel. And like a great musician who seeks to understand the intricacies of music, we as followers and students of God should seek to understand the amazing, amazing truths of God laid out in the Bible. But like a musical masterpiece, the prologue is meant to overwhelm us. It's beauty and power gripping us, perhaps forcing us to be still or to dance or to smile or to cry. This Christmas Eve, I want us to listen to the music of one verse from this prologue, verse 14. And so if you're able, I'm gonna ask you to stand and we're gonna read one verse, John 1, verse 14. This is God's word to us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah tells us the grass withers, the flowers fade, but God's word endures forever. Let's pray together. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. God, we need to encounter you. We need you, Spirit of the living God, to speak to our spirits. Jesus, would you be exalted? Would you be the one speaking? Would you give us ears to hear this day, hearts that are tender to receive? Would you allow us to hear 
and be moved and be overwhelmed by the music of Christmas, the music of Jesus. Meet us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're going to look at those three things quickly together. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let's look first at the word. John chapter 1, verse 1, the very first verse of the gospel says, In the beginning was the word. John refers to Jesus Christ as the word. Someone's word is the clearest expression of themselves, right? We, you know somebody through their word, through their voice. If you've ever been in a conversation with someone or in a group conversation and the volume of the person's voice increases, the person speaks louder and louder and louder, raising your voice is a way of saying, hear me, listen to me, know me. That's why there's power in poetry spoken word or a song, it gives a person voice, words to let themselves be known. This is why when society has or does squelch the voices of certain people, it's so painful because a person is known through their words. The apostle John is saying, do you wanna know God? Do you wanna know who God always has been? Do you wanna know who God is, who God always will be? Look to and listen to his word, Jesus. Jesus is the clearest expression of who God is. Every year at Christmas, I realize that there may be people joining us for worship who have never been to church. Or maybe there are people joining who've not been to church in a really long time and you're here because it's Christmas and we're so glad you're here. And so there, there may be those of you here that are investigating Christianity. You're asking questions around Christianity. And so let me say this, that I think it is a temptation for everyone, whether you're not a, if you're not a Christian or you've been a Christian for a long time, it is a temptation for all of us to make judgments about God to presuppose God is one way or another because of our personal experiences, whether they be good or bad. We can presuppose God is one way because of things we've heard others say about God. We all can make judgments of God before we listen to his own word. If we wanna know God, we must understand Jesus. Because in Jesus, God, said, God says, this is who I am. Jesus is the clearest expression of God, clearer than nature, clearer than human reason, clearer than listening to inner voices. Jesus tells us who God is. And in Jesus, we hear that God heals, God forgives, God embraces the outcast, God prays for those who hurt him. God is love, he is full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. Secondly, became flesh. This is the incarnation, God becoming human. This is a truth that I think at times is hard to comprehend, like the mathematical notes of a piece of music. So let me tell you what this does not mean. It does not mean that Jesus lost his divinity when he became a baby born in a manger. He did not trade in his divinity for a time to become human. Jesus fully human, fully divine at the same time. Let me try to share with you why that's such an important truth. Imagine with me that 
you feel a lump on your skin. You get worried and you're not sure what it is, but you've had relatives or friends diagnosed with cancer. So you fear it's a tumor. You go to see the doctor and you're in the, the, the doctor's office waiting for about an hour all alone. And immediately after an hour has passed, the doctor hurries in to explain to you that this is a malignant neoplasmic tumor found in 18% of people. You're already in stage four. You have four to six months of life remaining. We're gonna try to put you on some chemotherapy and radiation. The doctor says, thanks for coming in. We'll be in touch and walks out of the room as hurriedly as he came in, leaving you all alone again. Maybe you didn't understand all the terminology the doctor just used. And you're sitting there confused and you're shocked. The doctor was making statements matter-of-factly, had very little regard for your feelings. The doctor had very little empathy or compassion. I think we all would want to say, all right, doc, hold on for a second. What are you doing? How inhumane of you to break the news of my death to me in this way. Are you some robo-doc, right, robotic person? I think sometimes we can believe God is like this doctor, distant, matter of fact in his dealings with us, busy because all that is happening in our world, and he just doesn't understand all that we're going through. The music of the incarnation is that Jesus became flesh, fully human, meaning he had feelings around everything he experienced. And listen to some of Jesus's experiences. He was born in a trough. He had an earthly father and mother who did not always understand him. He suffered great temptation. He felt abandoned by his best friends. He was rejected. He was made fun of. He was hungry, he would die on a cross. In all of this, Jesus felt afraid, lonely, sad, confused. Jesus became flesh. Means we can never look at God and say, God, you just don't get it. God, you've never walked in my shoes. You've never experienced what I'm experiencing. You've never suffered like I'm suffering. Yes, he has. The word became flesh. He can understand and relate to all that you're going through, have gone through and what you will ever go through. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, lastly. I love, I've always loved Eugene Peterson's translation of this part of the verse. He translates it, Jesus entered our neighborhood. He entered our neighborhood. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word echo of Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, verse 14, the word entered our neighborhood. Think about that. The distance between verse one and verse 14 is an immeasurable distance. The God who was in the beginning, the God who has always been became human and entered our world of brokenness, pain, suffering and death. He moved into our neighborhood on purpose. Without sin, lived a perfectly obedient life, died death on a cross in order to redeem and rescue us and the whole world. Dorothy Sayers studied at Oxford University. She became an author and wrote mystery stories about Lord Peter Whimsey. 
Some of you know who Dorothy Sayers is. At one point in her series, Lord Peter Wimsey grew quite lonely. And at this point, Harriet Vane shows up in the stories. Harriet Vane gets to know Lord Peter Wimsey. And they begin to work on a few mystery stories together. They fall in love, they get married, and they have children together. Harriet Vane studied at Oxford University. Harriet Vane was an author. Who is Harriet Vane? Harriet Vane is Dorothy Sayers. Catch this. The one who created Lord Peter Wimsey fell in love with the character she created and wrote herself into the story in order to save him. This is what we celebrate God doing at Christmas. God did not just write information about himself, truths for us to understand. He wrote himself into our story. Jesus became flesh, dwelt among us to redeem and rescue us because he loves us. This is the music of Christmas. And in a year of loneliness, a year of death and indifference and racial injustice and economic strain and anxiety and many other things that we've all experienced, in a year where all of us have been asking questions to God and about God, I pray that the Spirit of God would enable us to hear the music of Jesus that the music of Jesus and the music of Christmas would overwhelm us, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And may it be the power to give us hope, peace, joy, and love. Let's pray. God, I pray that we could hear with our ears, with our minds, with our hearts, in our spirits, in the depths of our soul that we could hear what you have done for us, Jesus, in the word of becoming flesh and dwelling among us to rescue and to save us because, because you loved us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to rejoice in this truth and that we might, Lord, be overwhelmed. Maybe it just causes us to be still and know that you are God. Maybe it causes us to dance. Maybe it just causes us to smile. Maybe it leads us to cry because we're so overwhelmed by what you would do for us. Help us to celebrate. Help us to know the truth of Christ with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.